Hi, welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Tom Solopek from Cross Asset Strategy. I'm joined by my colleague, Steve DeLake, Global Head of Spread Research. Steve, welcome to the program. Steve, it's been tricky figuring out what a regime we're in right now. We went from hard landing to soft landing to no landing, then systemic stress because of the regional banking issue. How do you see the situation evolving ahead? Do you think we're going to have bubbles bursting or more like a slow attrition? I sort of think you, your question sort of hits the nail on the head in terms of regime resolution. It doesn't really feel like we're any closer to the end of that, as you, as you mentioned. I mean, at the time of our Miami conference, global high yield conference in Miami, in early March, all the discussion was about resilient economies and central banks needing to go a lot further than markets were pricing in terms of terminal rates. And then sort of two to three weeks later, in the wake of all of the banking sector issues um, with the regionals here in the US and Credit Suisse in Europe and the knock-ons, some of the knock-ons that we saw there, how soon is the end and when do central banks begin to ease? Personally, I think we are going to continue to flip-flop between the two. It feels like investors themselves are very much in the recession camp. Yet the high-frequency economic data, both here in the U.S. and outside of the U.S., continues to be notably uh, resilient. So it feels like those recessionary expectations are continuing to be pushed forward. It sort of already feels like it's beginning to happen. A meaningful market debate about, you know, the Fed, for example, moving after May and and, and moving in June. So I think we'll continue to flip-flop. I think that can cause some meaningful day-to-day or, or week-to-week moves. But in terms of how I see things, I mean, I, I don't, to your sort of second part of the question, are there any bubbles here which are going to be burst? I mean, I, I still feel like credit itself is a very clean asset class. I don't think that you have a sort of lot of leverage and complexity um, nor do I think that you have excessive levels of tourism. So I don't know that there's a positional bubble that, that's, that's about to burst. In terms of some of the sort of issues within the credit market itself with respect to certain sectors, obviously commercial real estate is on everybody's agenda or focus right now. We still feel that some of those issues will be dealt with much more attritionally than the market thinks. And I, I think that's also true of refinancing, the interaction between refinancing default risk, et cetera, in, in the leveraged loan space. So there are issues in the credit market, but I think they're going to be dealt with through time. I'm not sure that, that, that there's a bubble, let's say, that, that's about to burst. And I think that reflects you know, the cleanliness of the applicant asset class from a positional perspective, lack of leverage, lack of tourists, et cetera. Yeah, it, it's a very strange time right now. I, I'd hate to call it Goldilocks, but it's kind of a very nervous sort of Goldilocks in the sense that you know you no. don't have enough inflation to cause rate hikes. You don't have enough growth right this second to cause an imminent recession. But at the same time, there's so many uh, scary things looming, even as the immediate issue for the banking stress has been resolved in the, in the short term. There's the long-term question, of course, credit headwinds, this idea that I think to use Ferroli's statistic, if the small bank loan growth kind of stalls where it is and and big banks don't step in, you're looking at a drag of half a percent to a percent of GDP. 
So either you're getting hit with rate hikes, or if you if you don't get hit with rate hikes, you're getting hit with credit headwinds. But it's but it's bad stuff in any case. Who or what can step in to to make up for the, the small bank loan growth? You've mentioned the the large banks, but I think also the non-bank financial sector, the sort of direct lenders, private credit providers, if you want to sort of label them as that. I mean, I, I definitely think that there has been, I mean, it's very path dependent. I think there has been a lot of capital raised within the sector, which has been committed, but not yet drawn. So hence this concept of dry powder, you know, on a, on a very simplistic level, if you look at regional bank lending, either in the direction of commercial real estate last year or commercial industrial loans, both of those subcategories were about 150 billion. From our perspective, if you look at the level of dry powder as of the end of Q4 amongst the direct lenders, this is sort of unlevered equity capital, uh, which perhaps could be levered one, maybe one point something times. That number is 350 billion. So in a very simplistic sense, there's, there's definitely capacity, we feel, for the non-bank community to sort of step in where regional banks are, are stepping out. So... You know, there might be an important offset to the credit shock um, that everybody's talking about here. And then, it, you know, the, the, the issue may not actually be credit availability per se. It might actually be cost because going to the private market is definitely more expensive than going to the public market by about 200 basis points on, on our calculation. So as companies refinance parts of their cap structure, they're definitely adding somewhat to their all-in cost of financing. So the bigger issue might not might let be less availability of credit and actually more cost. Um, it doesn't mean that it won't have some impact, perhaps at the margin. But you know, when you think about our default rate forecast, you know, we think that default rates in loans are going to tick up to about three and a half percent this year, which has been almost doubling versus last year, and we think that continues into twenty four to about four percent. Um, that's given our macro base case today, which is one of if we do see recession at the end of the year, it's going to be a relatively modest one. You know, we are trying to factor some of these things into um, into account, actually. And I know it's pretty early in the earnings season, but do you have any kind of observations or expectations for, for the earnings season? We know that investors have been generally uh, very concerned, rightly cautious, given the level of uncertainties. I think what that's meant is that investors have come into earnings season um, with a very, very defensive mindset and a defensive set of expectations. I saw some stats being bounded around the other day that sort of three quarters of companies have actually beaten expectations. Now, the extent to which that's genuine beat or the extent to which that's very, very defensive expectations, we can debate, but I think there's certainly some element to that that reflects very, very defensive expectations just given the level of, of macro uncertainty out there. Can you also touch on how issuance is evolving right now? Obviously, it's been shut off for a while due to earnings blackout, but at the same time, do you see it being restrained for a bit longer and maybe producing a, a balanced market? You know, to the extent there's been a big focus on the lever credit space, a lot of concerns about companies' inability to refinance maturities as they're coming due. We've actually seen in the past two or three weeks a noticeable pickup in activity in the lever credit space, not just in the high yield market, but also in um, the loan market. And that's covered a bunch of things. That's covered add-ons, it's covered new financing, it's, it's sort of covered amendments and extensions. 
Um, but activity has, has generally been picking up and that's a good thing. So obviously we did have a bit of a stall in the wake um, of, uh, you, you know, the, the sort of SVB and the sort of regional banking issues and then credit suites in Europe. We definitely saw a bit of a stall in supply, but it feels like that might be behind us and we're seeing a welcome pick up to activity, which is certainly a good thing from a, a levered credit perspective. Well, great. Thanks for the update, Steve, and thank you all for tuning in to JP Morgan TV.